I'm Ryan Durbin from RD Ceramics, and I'm located in Southgate, Kentucky. And I'm Becca Otis from Five Lines Pottery in Monroe, Washington. And welcome to Wheel Talk. Okay. Hi, Ryan. Hello. Good afternoon. It's been a while since we actually did a podcast together. Yeah. <laughs> you have been, uh, yeah, uh, we were busy last week, so we did individual podcasts. I don't haven't heard Ryan's yet, and I don't remember I haven't remember heard hers mine. yet either. No. <laughs> well, you said you recorded yours at like 2 a.m., so... I did. I recorded it at like 1.30 a.m., and I was like trying to sound as happy as possible. You were like coasting on fumes. And also the last time, time I recorded a podcast, I was like really slow. I kind of felt like Eeyore. And this time I was like, hi, how you doing? Blah, 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 blah. And I was like trying not to say um and and... Because when I was pretty conscious of that after you told me that it was hard when you recorded your one solo. I was like, Ooh, I got to be more. I got to keep keep it moving here. Keep talking. Don't like. Yeah. Get stagnant and have too many pauses. I think that the energy is really what is what the most the most good thing about recording solo is like if you have a good energy, I don't really know if it totally matters if you say um a lot. But yeah. Anyway, how was your day? So it was good. It was different than a normal day of work because I worked half a day and then my company pays us uh, 16 hours a year. So two full days of work that we can volunteer for wherever. And I'm a remote employee, so I don't... Usually they do like group team outings throughout the year and have like, okay, this day we're going to spend the whole day and go volunteer at this food sorting place where they have canned goods or whatever. Um, so I volunteered four hours at Baker Hunt where I teach at because we just got a new clay studio and we were like cleaning up and reorganizing and shifting stuff around. So I did that for four hours after lunch today and I just got back home like 30 minutes ago. That's like a really, really cool thing that your company does. Like I've never, I've never heard of a company doing that. That's really awesome. Yeah. Sweet. So I, I've basically broken that up into four half days that I've worked at Baker Hunt throughout the year, nice. which I mean, I'm there all the time anyways, but it's just like, hey, I'm going to come like I, one other half day I did. It was a it was like a special outing for a group of veterans or something that nice. had a like a, a small wheel class where they were doing like a beginning wheel special event. And I like taught them how to like throw bowls. So I went in early and like prepped clay for that. And then, you know, organized their wheels, made sure their tools were there. And then basically hosted the event, the event taught them and kind of put them on their way and organized the pieces after they were done. And that was like four hours and I was done. So that was pretty sweet. That's cool. Jeez. (laughs) How was your day? Yeah. How was my day? My day was has been okay. I feel like it's just started. Um, <laughs> it's a Wednesday. I, Are you still in the Wednesday I, funk, or does yeah, that change in the winter? It changes in the winter, thankfully. Um, I am house-sitting for somebody for 20 days. I saw that. I th- yeah, or like close to a month. And it's really awesome. I get to have a washer and dryer for 20 days and a couch. And so last night, all I did was sit on the couch. That's literally it. So wait, if you're there for 20 days, they don't have, it's like a one bedroom house or something. They don't have a bed that you can, like a spare bed or anything. 
Oh, no, no, I could sleep on the bed, but I just oh. haven't had a couch for a year, so it's kind of awesome. Oh, Their okay. couch is really comfortable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, they have two kids, and uh, so they have beds, lots of beds. <laughs> okay. Um, but, yeah, I'm watching their animals, and, yeah, it's I'm kind of excited about that. And then, uh, yeah, I'm, like, closing down for Christmas, trying to get all my stuff done. I guess... Are we a week away from Christmas? Right yep, now? it's the eighteenth right now, so you got seven days. Seven days. So I have seven days to get the plates that I my threw yesterday uh, into the bisque and then glazed with a whole set. I have a whole place setting due on Christmas. So on Christmas. On well, She'll be that's delivered. the last day <laughs> that I can deliver them. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's been good. Yeah, I'm excited about um, kind of like having a few days of, of, of rest. I'm, I'm stoked about that. So Yeah. What does closing down for Christmas mean? Is that like on Monday you're closed until the New Year's over? Or Absolutely not. No. Um, <laughs> no, I just, I just, I'm done with most of my orders that I needed to have done by Christmas. And I am... I only have one order that's due right after, which is due January 8th, and that's 100 mugs for a mug club, so I'm going to get started on that after Christmas. So I feel like now until Christmas Day, I kind of have like really easy days, and I'm really looking forward to it. But the shop is open every day except for Christmas. So Okay. Yeah, so um, I'm not normally open on Mondays and Tuesdays, but next week I'm open on Monday and Tuesday, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, get those last-minute shoppers or pay-to-pot people that are right. off work and looking for something to do for yeah. I made the like day. I made like two grand last week in sales, so I was like, I think we'll stay open. Yeah. This week. <laughs> and when you say sales at the shop, you're just talking about the pay-to-pot stuff. Yeah, you don't, it's mostly you're pay-to-pot. not selling much yeah. actual work. Yeah. Um, are you selling any work that's at the shop that's not because it's Christmas time? No, not right now. But I'm in a month-long show, and that ends on the 22nd, and so I will be getting all my back stock, and so then I'll put a, I'll just put a shelf out and have it open nice. on Monday and Tuesday for people to pick off of and give for gifts. So Sweet. Yeah. So, Ryan, what are we talking about today? Oh, man. Why do I get to say this? Uh, so we're talking about, obviously it's wintertime, we're talking about the season of Christmas and New Year's and all that, so we're kind of like how do you get motivated when it's the winter there's not a show like next week that you have to get prepped for or nobody's really pushing you to get in the studio and work throughout these months and you know it's kind of a slow period so how do you get motivated during the downtime and no one's really pushing you um me personally i don't have a show probably until late april so i'm just making making mode and it's not worth it for me personally to do a show before then. So I'd much rather use that time to be making in the studio. Right. I feel like Ryan is really good at this 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 part that we're going to talk about. So let's kind of recap. So like a couple months ago, we did a show talking about how to stay like in until Christmas. And now we're doing a... It's kind of the same show, but at a different 
it's different too though yeah i think we did a transition from fall to winter so fall was like your shows are over and now you're getting into winter mode and like coasting into finishing up the year strong and stuff like that and now you're like okay we're at the end of the year you know you might need to start getting your tax shit together and like figuring that out um and then (laughs) you don't see it becca just like frowned (laughs) when i said that (laughs) she was like gross And I then, think I uh, have to have W-2s this year, too, because I had employees, which makes me super bummed. <laughs> I need Real to know well. about that. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. And then we're, this one's going to be like, hey, we've hit the end of the year. What do you do now? Yeah. And then next week, we're going to do our show on goals, um, like financial goals and financial victories. Yeah. Because we both, I think, succeeded our goals. Yeah. And so. I, I mean, I don't know how in-depth we'll go with that, but I've got yeah. some line items that we can talk about. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, what's your, what's your, how does your workflow differ, you know, this time of year, once January hits, how does your, does it, does it change much? I think you're just in the studio making a lot these days, it seems like. Yeah, I feel like, well, especially now at Christmas time, I'm, like, just making enough to get by, if that makes any sense. So, the stuff you're making now is still being sold before Christmas, or, like... Yeah. Well, wow. it's all, like, custom orders. No, I don't do custom orders, but inevitably, every year, I get dinged with, a, like, a few of them that I'm too nice to be, like, okay, fine. I'm always like that. Like, um... Like, for instance, there's a super sweet lady, and her mom has, like, I don't know if it's a muscular dystrophy or something where she can't hold on to mugs. And so, for the past three years, I've made her two handled mugs. They look like trophies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so, like, I've been working on that this week. And just and I just have don't have the heart to tell her no, because it's so simple. I just have to add an extra handle. Right. Um, but so it's kind of like that stuff that I'm finishing up right now. It's um, interesting you say that because there was a customer at my very last show of the year that was feeling my mugs because she had a hand issue with one of her hands that she couldn't grip it all the way or something. Yeah. So she was trying to pick a handle that was big enough to fit all four fingers because she didn't have strength in like one of her fingers to, right. to grab it all the way. So. Yeah. Yeah. I feel uh, those are the those are the kind of um, those are the kind of orders that make you feel all good inside when you do them and you're like God this is such a bitch and then at the very end you give them to them and they're so happy and it's like you know that it went to something that was like more significant than just a regular mug you know right because they can't buy a mug with two handles on it no. unless it's like a child sippy cup you're not gonna get a mug with yeah. two handles on it. No, and especially not like a nice handmade mug. Like very few people are going to make you a two-handled mug. So, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's kind of rewarding in that sense. So, okay, so what my, it looks like for me is I do do a lot of mug clubs in the, in the past couple of years I've done a lot of mug clubs in the winters. Like, and by winter I mean January, um, January months. This year it sounds like I'm doing them a little early. I still have another um, client that may up for like re up for a mug club. So I might have two this winter, which are big orders, but not that big. And 
then, but mostly what I try to do is I set large scale goals for myself and I focus more on uh, making in bulk as opposed to making like small things. So, um, what do you mean by that? Are you saying throw 400 mugs? Right. Or something like that. So like last year, I think it was last year. It was either last year or the year before where I did 707 days. That's nuts. Yeah. A hundred a day for seven days. So I'll do like, like really short spurts of like really large quantity. And that's what gets me going. It's because then it's like a challenge. It's like, okay, I'm going to do this. Oh, it was two years ago. And then last year, remember I did 52 a day till May. No, no, (laughs) no. What was it? I remember that. Yeah, it, it was, was like... Th- I thought it was 34 a day. 34 a day till May. Because it rhymed, yeah. 34 a day till May. Yeah, and I like... I, so what I did was I wrote out every single piece that I wanted to have for Leavenworth. And I... Um, and then I divided it by how many days were until Leavenworth. And then I would just... I just went to town. And, uh, every day I made 32 pieces. It lasted for like two months, I think. I never yeah, finished you were, my goals. You were keeping track of it pretty good on Instagram and then you kind of tailed off and... I, something happened. I want to say it was something significant happened and it just kind of squashed it. But I think that I might do that again this year. That was really fun, actually. Like, have a very specific numbered goal. And, uh... I made like no, I think with I think with the group of people like potswap people and other potters that kind of keep you accountable a little bit, they would probably follow it and they would I don't know if it would be encouraging to having right. certain people follow it or yeah, if it would be like and somebody my, on your back. <laughs> my downfall is that like especially on stories, like I'm not very active on on Instagram. I am. I'm not very active on my finished product on Instagram. I feel like so many people know what my work in progress looks like, (laughs) but nobody actually knows what my stuff looks like after it's fired. (laughs) Right. So that's kind of my pitfall is that I like show the progress in the process so much that nobody actually knows what it looks like when it's done. You were, you were showing some mugs there, but I don't know. That I've seen a non-mug finished piece since Pot Swap stuff. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. It's just... Uh, I okay. Instagram's tough for me. Okay, what about you, Ryan? How do you do it? So, um, in the past, I haven't really had a list of like things that I want to make in a quantity. I'm really just filling... If anybody follows me and knows how I work, I work to ba- to fill Bisquare. Like, I backstock Bisquare like crazy. So, that's kind of what I'm shooting for is to have a certain amount of Bisquare um, from just looking on a shelf, like, how big of a quantity I have of it. Not really, like, counting off, do I have a hundred of these things? Um, so, I'm shooting to have, I just started a running list of maybe 12 things that I want to have made. And then I put a random arbitrary number that I think would get me to spring that would give me a good head start. So it might be like, have a hundred oil bottles done. And that's really like, have them bisque. I don't have to have them glazed and stuff, but, um, you know, have a portion of those and then maybe a, you know, a good 150 or 200 hanging planters done because of the Kodako stuff from last year. 
Right. So that's kind of what I'm shooting for and just kind of whittling that down a little bit. And what's going to drive me to like work on certain things is really just like what buckets of clay that I already have weighed out. If I have buckets of clay that are a pound and a half, then I can make large mugs out of that. I can make oil bottles out of that, or I can make bowls out of that. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of pick and choose what I want to throw. I'm not, I kind of get bored if I throw the same thing. Like if I, if I had that whole, if I had three buckets of a pound and a half, I would not choose to throw all oil bottles until those buckets are empty. Cause that would just be so tasking. I'd rather knock them out like 30 at a time than knock out a hundred. That is so, it's so funny how we're totally opposite on that. I'm like, give me a hundred and let me throw a hundred. I, I love that. I love it. Especially if nobody talks to me during the entire process. I love it. I, I think it's because I can handle, um, some of the bottles, I just like run my thumb on the bottom and just clean it. Some of them I have to like undercut and do the like faceted bottom on. So if I yeah. see, and also it's limiting if I don't have enough space in like a damp box. Oil bottles don't store in a damp box very well because of their shape. You can't stack them. So yeah. that's also a reason that I'll choose other forms too, based on what I can fit in my three damp boxes. So... <clears throat> that's kind of what I'm shooting for. And then like the planters, I just throw them, cut them off and set them on a board. And then when they firm up, I just put a hole in the bottom and thumb off the bottom and they're done. So why don't you just I... put the hole in the bottom while you're throwing them? Uh, cause I cut them off the wheel and take them off the wheel. Would it, I think it would bow the inside of it. I, I cut the hole. Would. The hole is like a quarter of an inch. It's not very big. I think you'd be fine. You should try it. I'll try it. Oh, I have an idea. Cut. Try cutting it off and then putting the hole in with a like a um the pointy tool, the pointy wood tool and then moving it. See if that would work. Oh, okay, like picking it up off of the and like, leaving the clay on the so wheel. So like cut it. The little hole on the wheel. Cut like wire cut the bottom, put the like just leave it where it is, spin it, put the hole in the bottom and then lift it off and move it. Because I think that the only problem you'd have is cutting the hole in the bottom. It might move the... No, actually, I lied. Just cut it. Just just put the hole in the bottom right when you're throwing it. Like, when you're opening up the, the base. Mm-hmm. Put the hole in the bottom. Take it out. And then um, and then cut it under. I think you should have no problem at all. Especially because they're like... Well, I've got, to, I've got to sign the bottom anyway. So I've got to put something on the bottom after they're leather hard anyways. I know, but it would still. It might save me time. I don't know. The only the only issue could be if I throw it too thin, then when I pick it up off the wheel, it'll like bow and it won't be flat. Then you get better at throwing. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They're they're pretty low effort, anyways. I might do that and try it. Um. But yeah, and then I added a few other pieces on here that I haven't thrown that I might want to try. I don't know. I see you throw like pour overs and I want to try those because um, I, don't, I don't know. How many are you selling of those? Like, is it worth me investing to make like 30 of those over the winter just to have some? Or is it, do they, is it worth selling those? The pour overs? Yeah. Sorry, I lost you for a second. So I kind of just guessed on what you just said. But um, the pour overs... I don't know if they're going to sell or not. I, I made a few last year 
and like there was some interest, I think that you'd probably get more interest in your neck of the woods potentially. Yeah. Except for there's a ton of Seattle f- coffee freaks out here. But I did find out that you do have to put like a ridge in the side, in the inside, so that it helps the coffee move. Yeah, um, I've heard that. Yeah, if I, I can help you with how to make um, like a good. Yeah, a good... they look. I mean, they look pretty simple. Yeah, they're uh, they are simple, but you have to have like very specific things. Like you need to trim it twice, so you have to have a trim line in the middle, like that's the size of a quarter, essentially. Like trim a circle the size of a quarter. And then trim another circle that's bigger that'll sit in the mug. And that way when the the water goes down, it hits that first trim line and drips off of that instead of going out the side. Yeah. So there's like just very specific things that you need. Hmm. It's a it's an engineered product, if that makes any sense. So Okay. So maybe I'll make like 15. Yeah. But they, they are a piece of cake. It's just that they take a lot of trimming. Okay. Spe- like yeah. Specifically. Not crazy on the trimming, but I, I might try 15 well, on. Maybe, it's maybe this that. year you need to get better at trimming. It's not about better. It's about like <laughs> wanting to do it. I know. I hate it too. So, yeah. So I, I'm trying some new forms. It'll mix up some things. Um, but yeah, I'm going to try to approach it that way. I didn't really, I haven't really done that in the past. I really just go by eyeballing it of what I see on my shelves that, could have a gap that needs to be filled so i'm like i don't have any serving bowls so i need to throw like 30 of those or whatever so that's kind of what i'm what i'm shooting for and i like your idea of like setting goals for the week or you said per day is kind of what you were doing last time but i like that idea because that that pushes you to get to that end goal and it's not like okay i have to make 900 pieces by may right it's not it, so it blocks it up into much smaller sections which is nice you know weekly monthly daily daily monthly daily weekly what no monthly weekly daily yeah <laughs> one of those i don't know um, yeah it does it blocks it up into like smaller sections which is nice yeah i um the thing about it is though that i feel like Maybe there needs to be some sort of a reward for hitting, like, some sort of internal reward for hitting a monthly, like, let's say, so let's say I need to make 4,000 mugs by May 1st. That's nuts. That is nuts. (laughs) I'm just saying. Just mugs. (laughs) This is just the figure I came up with. Okay, I'll make it more realistic. 1,000 mugs by May 1st. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> there's four, that's five months or four months, I suppose, of 30, average of 30 days. So um, uh, let's say 120 days. So you've got 1,000 divided by 120. So you're making eight mugs a day. That's like nothing. But that's every single day. That, that is you're every throwing. single day. That's not like finishing and stuff. That's true. But I find, so yeah, here's the thing about the whole uh, 43 a day till May situation is that it's actually not 43 a day. It's 126 a day till May. So if you count glazing in that, so it's uh, 43 making, 43 trimming, and like finishing off from the day before, and 43 glazing. Yeah. 
So, <laughs> so it's actually 123. So really consider when you say 43 a day till May, like really consider what you're actually getting yourself into. I knew exactly what I was getting myself into, but, and it was achievable for me, but like, so eight mugs, that's actually, instead of eight a day, that's like, if you wanted to make a thousand mugs until May, eight mugs times three. So you're at what? 24. So that's 24 pieces a day. Essentially you're making 20 making eight or potentially even 32. Making eight, handling eight, trimming eight, and and glazing eight. So this may be a good time of year for you to get some damp boxes, figure out your storage yes. situation so you can have pieces in various stages so that you're continually finishing and getting pieces right. along through the process. And don't <clears throat> do what Becca did. Don't get really shallow damp boxes because they don't fit everything. BT dubs. Yeah, I mean, you're going to be throwing so much quantity that you need a lot of damp box room. Me? No, I'm just saying people out there are going to be throwing so much quantity over the winter because you're not worried about, oh, I need a... I mean, personally, I don't really care to be glazing this time of year. Like, I'm not going to be glazing until probably February or March. Yeah. I'm just in making mode. Glazing for me is kind of at the tail end as well. I need a few things that are glazed. I'll do a lot of um, flash sales in the winter, so... Um, I need a few things that are glazed, but definitely it's the last thing I think about for yeah. sure. Also, this year, which is really exciting, I get to think about um, we increased our hand building, you know, this year. And so I get to think about what I can pass on to to other people. So like trays. You increased your hand building. The number of items that you hand build? Or... Yes. So okay. I started making garden stakes this year, like hand the hand press bowls this year. I started making slab, uh, like slab trays and platters this year. So, and if I can pass that on to one of my, because I've got a few people that are capable of doing that, then I'm like doubling all of my work quantity you're doubling your back stock and your inventory because other people are getting paid to do that yeah well i'm doubling all of my workers too i guess too because like seb and reagan they both can do stuff and so i'm pretty stoked about that because last year i ran out of garden stakes <laughs> like I was well you didn't start making them in this like this no. time last year you didn't start until like the spring right yeah i'm so excited to have like a full inventory of garden stakes for next year like, yeah, you're going to so kill it. That excited. That's the thing about, like, adding a new item into your, like, repertoire kind of late in the season. Yeah. Like, start making things in spring is not going to – you're not going to keep up with that. No. Unless you price them higher or something to where you can slow the de- the demand of – or slow the, you know, demand of them so they don't move right. as quickly. But, you know, like the bottles, I was barely keeping up with bottles, and that's because I added them in, like – spring totally and i think that doing the bottles would be fun too i still haven't used your um like the pour spout lids Mm -hmm. and i just got some more in the mail yesterday i I just got 200 in the mail yeah i want to try and use those and i want to see how they sell um because i think you're getting really good success with them i would like to see if i can do the same and but yeah i and also also, what I reserve for the winter, 
is to to develop new products. I think it's you kind of mentioned that before, but it's it's extremely important that you like don't just stay stagnant in your what you're doing. You know that you um, yeah are developing new things and and you're uh, like trying out new things. Like last year, I started making jewelry. And that was huge this year. Like, it was really fun this year. And then, um, this year I want to figure out how to make sprig molds. That's my plan. Nice. So, um, yeah, I just, um, Mark King, you know, he makes those sprig mold ornaments. And it'd be really fun to make those next year, especially for paint a pot. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to see. Uh, that's why I'm, I added like pour overs to my list, and I added berry bowls on here. I wanted to make like 15 berry bowls. I feel like they oh, don't no. have to be as complicated as people make them, but just do. I don't know. Okay, do one just berry put bowl like, a week or something. Okay. Um, I'm gonna do big bowls. I need to do like one. I need to big do some bowl. berry bowls too. Like, are you talking like 12 pound bowls? Or are you talking like bigger than that? No, I'm not. I'm like, not even. Like, like eight. Pounds I'm talking or like three pound salad bowls, like big salad bowls, and like. Oh, that's it. Yeah, but I, like for some reason that just gets pushed to the side. But those are yeah. like some of my best selling bowls. Like the, they're like nine inches. Yeah. Or eight those inches. Those are. <clears throat> yeah, I make like four pound bowls, and they sell for about fifty bucks. Whenever I take those to my consignment shops, like those are the first thing that sell. Like I yeah. need to make a lot of those and have I need to have like thirty of them or something. So I can just give hey, this shop you can have like six of them and then this shop you can have like six like those are those are money makers for me. If I can yeah. keep them stocked, then they will sell. For some reason, I don't know. At these two shops specifically, they always sell. So yeah, I think that that's something we both can work on is having those big bowls on hand. Yeah. Well, I just so I just brought one home and it was like broken or whatever from the last show. They're so easy to break because they take up so much space and you're like, okay, I can stack like four of these in there because like when you put them in a tote, you're like, okay, these got to stack inside each other and then they're so bulky. You load them in and out of multiple shows and you're like, damn, these things like – just want to get rid of some of them i know but yeah so the oil bottles i sold 65 oil bottles this year wow yeah and those were like 32 bucks a pop what's the math on that here gross a little over 2000 really yeah and then i discounted them they're discounted if you buy two of them they're 60 instead of 32 each so they save four bucks for two of them so, uh, yeah, sold a lot of those. That's why I want to meet in the demand. If you know there's something that's in demand that you're willing to make more of, hey, make some make some over the winter. Yeah, I'm going to make mise en place. Well, Reagan is going to make mise en place bowls until her, her hands fall off. This <laughs> <laughs> so I was just talking to my assistant yesterday because we were trying to figure out well, first we just we're kind of figuring out through the rest of the year. I don't. I think they may come over like right after the new year or something. But um, trying to figure out what tasks I want them to be doing over the next coming weeks and stuff, because like 
um, Alex normally mixes glazes for me. My glazes are pretty mixed up. Like, I don't really have a need to <gasps> make new ones. Can you get on ones. the mise-en-place train? Get on the mise-en-place train. I don't have a slab roller. That's okay. Buy yourself one you... for Christmas. I don't want to. <laughs> I just bought a new uh I just bought a new ten by ten tent from uh that's a Euromax Those are pretty good. I want to say Euromax Premium or something like that. There's a guy that's in the clay group with me that got one and I helped them pack up at the end of one day and it was like so sweet how they pack up and the legs are like hexagonal. Yep. They're nice, yeah. It was like two thirty or something like that at Costco. Nice. But it's got like walls with it and everything. Good. So should be pretty sweet. Yeah, so I was talking with her about like plans for what I'm thinking that she could help with. Like this week, she glazed a bunch of shot glasses, which was cool. I'm, I think that's the next step of what I'm willing to like offload. Is the once pieces are already bisque fired, like having them glaze, I'm probably totally fine with having somebody else do that. I don't think that takes creativity out of it. I'm 150 percent okay with somebody else glazing for me. Yeah. 200 percent actually. <laughs> So we'll we'll start with that, and then like I'm trying to get them to wax some pieces some more. I don't know some of those like shallow spoon rests are harder to wax because they kind of dip their fingertips in wax sometimes because they're not very deep. Yeah. So I don't know if I want to like make them do that, but and then I was talking to her about like you know I don't think I'm ready to like have someone throw spoon rests for me. Can she throw? Yeah, she can throw, but. You know, I kind of like that process of throwing spoon rest because it's like one minute per spoon rest. And is it worth the time? What about the shot glasses? Yeah, I asked her about that, too. Those are thrown off the hump. She said she wouldn't be comfortable just yet throwing off the hump and cutting them off and stuff. But, I mean, she could try, I guess. We could see. But they're definitely, like, slipping some of my pots for the carved pieces. So they'll... Uh, Megan will be over tomorrow and she'll slip what she'll slip some uh, some cups and stuff and then I just go back and carve them yeah so we'll uh, they've been doing that which takes like you know however many minutes per piece that I don't have to sit there and paint slip on right which is nice I don't know. We what do other tasks are you going to have them a, do? We we need to do a fundraiser a, so you can get a slab roller. I have money to get a slab roller. I just... I know you do. It's more like where do I put it? On a table that has a <clears> shelf <throat> under it. A shelf under it. You get a mini slab roller and you move it. Yeah. Or just go my... all out and get a high roller. <laughs> just get a high roller that can spend tons of money so that I can get... <laughs> Yeah, and um, you mean like a high roller, like a high roller from Las Vegas? (laughs) (laughs) I don't. That's fine. So that, and also the, um, also one thing she did mention, she was like, you know, if you want me to like clean for an hour or something, like I'd be happy. I was like, okay, yeah, I guess I can do that. And yeah, I was, just get I was her... up front with her, like, I, d- I don't want someone cleaning for me because it's my studio. So it's like, I'm the only one making a mess in this studio. So you're cleaning up after me, essentially. But she was like, hey, I mean, if I'm doing it once every couple months or something, it, I don't feel bad. But if it was like, hey, clean up after me every week that you're here, then that would feel more like, 
Yeah, just make sure something. you get her a respirator. Her own. Yeah, she, yeah, she's got her own respirator she brings. So, uh, Good. yeah. Okay, I feel and like I we a, got off topic a little bit. But yeah, there's some there's some things that I've got in the works that I think I'll be uh, having them help with over the winter. Yeah, I think that also. Oh, also. I find if people do have access to slab rollers or stuff like that, and uh, that's a part of your um, a part of your business, take the winter to like make the time to have like slab roller parties, or like see, I'm serious. Like this last year or this last like winter uh, when we were doing ornaments like two of my friends came down and we just like banged out like 150 ornaments and it was great like we had so much fun there was beer that like you know i think there was beer maybe it was so it's i didn't even so it's like they were fine being social with you because sometimes when you're a small business like you don't have time to be social with people so you have to have them come over while you're working so that you could be social together i think a lot of people want to work with clay anyway because it's kind of fun so like making a fun activity like i'll i'd be like hey i gotta make plates does anybody want to come and make plates with me and they and everybody's like yeah and then you can teach them how to roll out of texture on a slab or whatever you know like something that's fun you know that that they're like hey i learned something today i learned how to do something you know um take advantage of your friends don't, don't take advantage of our friends, but take advantage of the fun that they want to have and you want to have all at the same time. Um, because believe it or not, they think that clay is pretty cool. Most people do. So yeah. doing something like that with you would probably be super fun for them. Um, that's a good way to kind of get some stuff out of the way. I know my and friends really like to glaze. Is it mostly the people that don't work in clay at all that do that? Mm-hmm. Because they appreciate it more than, like, they don't see it as, like, you're putting me to work for something right. that you should be doing. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I mean, obviously, if they're like, oh, I don't think that's a good idea, don't do it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but offer beverages and yeah. refreshments that can be, make it enjoyable. Totally. Yeah, I think that, for sure, I'm excited for this winter. I said that last year. Every year I say that I'm going to get all these things done and I never get them done. <clears throat> because I usually go on a, like, January shutdown. Like, mental shutdown. Well, I mean, the getting dark at 5 o'clock or 5.30, like, doesn't help anybody. It's like, okay. I'm oh, it gets dark anything. at 5.30 at your house? Yeah. It gets dark at 4 here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah. Four. So. <laughs> yeah, it's it does it does like wear on your emotions a bit. Definitely. But, yeah, I'm I'm just excited to. I think what I'm looking forward to is focusing on the small things that need to be done, like the you know the mise en place bowls, the plant stakes, the uh, like hand built plates and stuff like that that I can like stock up all. Because I do hand-built plates for all my wholesalers, too. Well, one of them. And I'm trying to kind of, like, continue that to some of the other ones. And so I'm excited to, like, get, like, more hand-built stuff within the, um, within the line of stuff that I do. 
Yeah. Do you, so the one thing I was thinking about with like having people do other things for me is that over time I've built my own standard of like how I do something and it it's built, it's increased in quality over time because I've just made hundreds of this thing. Right. So like offloading something would be kind of resetting that and they've got to relearn how to get to that quality of where I'm at. But maybe it's just a balance of letting go of some of that. I think it is. Um, realizing your money is well spent for somebody else doing that when I only have so many hours in the day. Yeah. And it also depends on what age group you're like, you know, your assistants are both in college. So they are, have a little bit more attention. They're they're both out of college or, well, I mean, they're higher than college. Okay. Yeah. They're like mid twenties or something like that. Yeah. Like mid twenties. So it's not like you're working with a 17 year old. that's like, screw this. I hate my parents. And, you know, so, so you're working with somebody who, it's always hard to find somebody that is caring with your pieces as much as you are. But what I learned last year is that I gave my, um, I gave my employee and she was 18. I gave her the task of doing the garden stakes and at the beginning I could care less what they looked like I was like meh it's fine you're gonna mess up but I gave her the expectation of like this like I gave her an example of the one that I had and I go this is what I want yours to look like this is the goal however many it takes to get that to that within reason is fine you know yeah because you can still you're selling so much quantity of them that selling her you know, subpar ones is going to sell anyways because there's just not enough supply. Right. It would be like if your person was making, um, if your person was making shot glasses, you know, you sell so many of those. Um, right. And so it was like, I'm okay with you messing up, but I want you to learn from your mistakes. And by the end of it, she was making better garden steaks than I was. Nice. So, because she made probably close to 700 garden steaks. That's crazy. Yeah, you're you're <laughs> bound to improve over 700. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I think quantity is really where it's at. Like, if you really want somebody to do good, you give them a quantity amount and say, I want you, this is your end goal. You have 100 of these to practice on, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't, and sell them a second. Who cares? Like, Get some money for them, but like, you know, give them, don't have any high expectations right out the gate. Just be like, okay, this is what we want. This is your goal. Here, I want you to do a hundred of them as fast as you can. And let's see from start to finish, like save the first, save the last and see where you, like where you progress. Yeah. And how you can see what, you know, what was done. Put your kids to work over the holidays. True that. <laughs> you birthed them. <laughs> yeah. The other stuff is like, I always assume that, okay, there's no shows, that it's going to be slower. And I'm like, okay, I have tons of time. No. But then there's like other things that just happen. Like yep. we're going to ClayCon West in January and we're going to, in- I'm going to Nsika in March and you're going out of town in February. Um, yeah. There's stuff that happens along there. And like I'm starting, so I don't know if I told you this, but I'm, 
so I'm part of the Clay Alliance of Cincinnati, right? You know that. Right, you're the president. Yeah, so I just was appointed president for 2020 and 2021. Huzzah! So, huzzah! So I'll huzzah. be the president during Inseca in Cincinnati during 2021. Um, yeah, so that's it's that. Gonna that's, it's going to be in Cincinnati? That's its own thing. Yeah. 2021. Oh, I forgot we already discussed that I have a place to stay. Yeah. Not okay. this year, but next year. Yeah. Next year. Sweet. So that's got its own challenges. But last year I was the chair of Spring Fair that happened in May, and I was spending 10 hours a week on that thing. So I'll probably just shift it to this other task that I'm going to be doing for the Clay Lines for that. Right. And then we're podcasting this year that we did not do last year. So I know, but I feel like our podcasting just keeps us going. Yeah. It mixes it up and gets some new exposure and gets us thinking about some new stuff. Totally. I'm looking forward to this goals discussion for the podcast specifically. I'm so excited here. I want you to also write down along with financial goals. Let's um, also write down our product goals. Cause I know you already have kind of a list, but I will work on writing. I don't down. have a list for the year. Really? I have a list until like May ish. That works for me. We'll but write we can, our product yeah. goals down for May. <clears throat> yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. This should be cool. I feel like we should maybe wrap up. Yeah. So do we have uh, anything else? I don't... Anything about the winter? I think it's just to figure out what is your best... How you best um, succeed at goals. You know, whether that be, like we said, a daily goal, a weekly goal, a monthly goal, or... Um, you know, if you need, like, accountability buddy, or, uh, Or if you, know, you need I, to just say, like, I'm going to get in the studio three days a week. Right. Like, it could um, be that basic. It doesn't have to yeah. be, like, I'm going to spend 10 hours, or I'm going to make 10 mugs. It could be right. in general to just say, I'm going to get in the studio. Yeah. I think that, um, I'm going to use Victoria from Tried and True in my as my example we were kind of talking and i think it's so cool that she's like progressed all um she's like on this track to progress uh into full-time uh ceramics and pottery and that's tried and trune t-r-u-h-n and um i was just i was thinking about her and like how how exciting it must be to like be in in one and a half years of like doing pottery full time and like like the potential that could happen like we just talked about selling uh a, like making a thousand mugs before may and that was what eight mugs a day yeah eight mugs times let's say that your base cost for a mug is 30 um that's if you do eight times thirty, that's two hundred and forty mugs a day, and two hundred forty dollars in mugs. That's what I meant. Yeah. If you actually succeeded with that goal and made a thousand mugs and sold a thousand mugs, if you did it and you did it every single day, thirty thousand. What? Thirty thousand. Twenty-eight eight hundred. Yeah. Twenty-eight thousand eight hundred. 
Wait, how is it 28,800? Isn't it 1,000 times 30? No. Yeah, 1,000 mugs. You said 1,000 mugs times $30 a mug. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. I did the math wrong. <laughs> 30,000. I think I, I don't even know if I have the actual math. Oh, you know why? Because it rounded it up and down when I did yeah. the... Yeah. When I got to like the eight months. So yeah, that's a lot of potential for sales there. Yeah, and if you time. just break but, it down... Yeah. So, Victoria, and, this is what I'm telling you. You can do it. Yeah. And you got to, like, for me, I would look at numbers of what items sold the previous year, whether it's quantity or money-wise. You know, look at where your money came from the most and, like, maybe put some effort to making more of that thing so yeah. you can have more back stock or make another variation of that thing. Like, I have I have people constantly say, like, I need a large mug that can fit f- all four fingers in or around the handle, which I think is kind of ridiculous, but... You know, some people are stubborn like that and they say your mugs are never big enough. But so uh, so I'm like, I need to make bigger mugs. Like, I don't think they care that it would be $34 for that mug for a basic mug that's big enough. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to backstock some of those and I could probably increase my mug sales by a lot because of these people that need really big mugs. Right. Now, also, I should say that if you're going to make a thousand mugs, you better have a thousand people to sell them to. You got to have a thousand people to sell them to. Yeah. But I think that's easy to find. Remember, if you need money, find it. Definitely. And with that. We're out. We're out. All right. See y'all. Peace. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you want to follow me or Ryan, you can follow us on our Instagrams. My Instagram is Five Lines Pottery Studio. It's the number five. And his Instagram is at RD Ceramics. That's R's and Ryan, D is in Durban, Ceramics. And we would love for you to follow us, but we would also love it if you gave us a review on, on whichever platform that you're listening on and if you tell your friends. We really enjoy doing this and we hope that we can do it some more and have some great conversations. Thanks.